0: Welcome to Fusion and Hockey Podcast, the only podcast called Fusion and Hockey Podcast. Just got about five minutes in, and then my my audio disappeared. So we have to start from the top again. Um, but I will I will pretend that this is the first time, and I'll ask Taisei again. What did you think of that novel new intro? Just incredible. It's the first time I'm
1: hearing it. Um, oh
0: yes, of course.
1: Yeah, I think the first time we recorded the first time we recorded it. Um, you know, I went on. You know, there's a there's a certain novelty to it, and maybe we should stick around for a couple of weeks. But I think now that I've heard it three times in the span of you know say 10 minutes, the novelty has worn off. I'm sure for the oh. listeners, it was a it was a great joy. Um, but you know what? I think it, it, initially we had the idea let's let's keep it for our it's, make it a bit for our midweek episodes um, whenever we have two episodes in a week like this. And I think I'll stick by that. That's not a bad idea.
0: Yep, on those very rare occasions when we record on a Tuesday or something, that's what it'll be. And this is a a novel edition, a midweek edition, probably a shorter edition of Fusion, where mainly we're going to, you know, talk about recapping the, the Western Conference semifinals, previewing the Western Conference finals, but first, we have to have a very important discussion on a team who's trying to hire a new GM, and among the names being interviewed, is none other than Peter Shirelli, noted worst GM of all time. And I think, first of all, what's very interesting, whoever, of course, gets the GM position in Pittsburgh will have two choices. Either you try and cling on to whatever contention window you think there might be or try to reopen it again, or you tear it all down. And I've got to say for Peter Shirelli, I hope that he really tries to keep that window open as hard as he can. Uh, doubles down on the likes of Michael Granlund, you know, acquires all the worst veterans possible, turns it into a, a total comedy show.
1: Yeah, he seems to be, you know, Peter just really seems to be inclined to be that kind of person, right? Um, so I think if we were faced with that decision, he would probably take the, the keep the window open, and hopefully you know, that gives him a leg up in those interviews, right? Because maybe the smarter people, like Eric Tolsky, getting getting interviewed as well, will say, no, I will tear it down, this, this team is in, in desperate need of a reboot. Um, but you know, clown like Peter Shirelli might say, "We got to give Sidney Crosby one more shot by acquiring all these great veterans and grit, and and we can do it. This window is still wide open for us. Um, and and I think, you know, someone with that delusion, if he can successfully convey it to the ownership group, we're in a position to succeed here. And uh, <laughs> you yeah, and I, I right, yeah, yeah, that's right. As as neutral third-party observers of the Pittsburgh Penguins, I think there's honestly nothing more we could cheer for uh than Peter Shirelli getting a job anywhere, let alone a nice big franchise. lots of lots of ways lots of ways to screw this up uh when you're managing the Pittsburgh Penguins, you know, lots of scrutiny, just lots of fanfare, lots of lots of entertainment. And I think Peter Shirelli, personally, is uh, given his experience at Edmonton, uh a similar market, uh with a similar interest level. I think he's perfect for the job.
0: Yeah, you heard it here first. Hire Peter Shirelli. And another name there is uh is Mark Bergevan. Another, you know, seasoned seasoned vet, you know, say what you will about Peter Chiarelli and Mark Bergevin, but you have to admit, they both have been general managers before. So, and with Mark Bergevin, well, I do think, you know, you look at his his uh, entire time across Montreal uh, across, you know, being GM of the Canadians, I think he was better than Pete Chiarelli. But the weird thing about him is he's very unpredictable. A lot of GMs, there you go. They have like a clear philosophy. They clearly, you know, have you know a, a, what they think goes into a successful team. Mark Bergman seemed to change his mind quite a lot. You know, he was hired in 2012, and he was like, "Character, and uh, no excuses." Then in 2016, they tore down the "no excuses" motto from the locker room. Um, <laughs> you know, I very, very often, and we were people who, you know, kind of clung onto Mark Bergman's every move. And he often surprised us with whatever weird player he decided he he fancied that particular week.
1: You know, I think really in hindsight we begin to truly appreciate just how volatile and unpredictable um, that era was. I think in the moment, you know, it's it's you you get these moments of outrage and whatnot, uh, and uh, I don't think I think you miss the forest for the trees a bit. But now, you know, how, how many years have it been like two, three years since he's been fired? Um, Not and, even two. Uh, I, no, oh, wow. Okay, well, it feels. First of all, that that feels way further back. Um, but you know, I think we can we can truly appreciate. Wow, what a, what a chaotic reign. Uh, this guy had really no consistent vision, uh, and remarkable that he was able to stay on the job that long, despite fucking flip flopping every other minute. Uh, I I respect it, and it's truly uh, a mastery in terms of you know job keeping.
0: Yep. Maybe he can do it again in Pittsburgh. We'll see. Um. So. Western Conference semifinal. Let's start with the series that ended first, which was Vegas, Edmonton. Now it's always fun to lead off on these discussions with our predictions. I went three for four in round two <coughs> in my my between round one round two predictions, and Tise went uh, one for four. So I'm the clear champion here. And among our differences was you thought the Oilers were going to beat the Golden Knights. Uh, you were wrong. What went wrong for Edmonton? Why? Why couldn't they make it happen?
1: Okay, well, I, I gotta say, you kicking this off by saying it's fun to start with these predictions. I gotta say, it's a lot. It's gotta be a lot more fun when you're consistently more correct than the other guy. Uh, <laughs> this is just a <laughs> just a miserable run of predictions. I am. I'm wrong in the first round. Wrong in the regular season to begin things. Just, but you were better than just me just in the first round. were are you? Was I? All right, but even then, it didn't feel like a remarkable success. You know, just uh, a lot of disappointment. Um, and, uh, a lot of boneheaded moves, but not to ma- yeah, not to mention that regular season where I was just out there swimming in the middle of nowhere. Um, but yeah, one for four, just terrible. And it begins with this one. Cause I really, I really felt passionate about this oilers one just cause I'm not the, the biggest golden Knights believer. And also because this was one of my only picks that I actually had in my bracket that was still remaining. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was really, I really, really cheering on this one. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, the Oilers, man, uh, oh, just, just so many parts of this roster. Just let them down. Wasn't it like Stuart Skinner big disappointment completely fell apart down the stretch cody cc who knew who could have seen that coming you look terrible next to darnell nurse big fucking contract who could have seen that coming too and then like the rest of the top six besides mcdavid and dry saddle weren't like superstar like you know they weren't like world breaking or anything this series you know they had their moments but the rest of the top six man that was disappointing you know ryan nugent hopkins 100 point season where the hell was he what was he doing Evander Kane looking completely lost out there, just being a little shithead and nothing else. Um, Just, uh, yeah, all all around, it seems like the the, the roster kind of underwhelmed in a major way.
0: Yeah. I think the most disappointing part of this for Edmonton might be after Drysaddle had 13 goals and everyone was talking about how he he was going to glide to the record for goals in a playoff. Uh, Didn't score again in the last four games. Um, Had only one assist in those four games. Uh, And I will say, you know, I agree with you. We actually we had an interesting conversation off the record, going into Game Six. Uh, no, actually, no, no. We we talked about it on the show, I think, as well. Yeah, about Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner, and like, who do you start going into Game Six? And I was looking at Jack Campbell's stats from the playoffs and from the later portion of the regular season. I was like, you know, he looks pretty solid, and he has a track record of you know being pretty good most of the time, more or less. And I said, Stuart Skinner is clearly tired, you know. Uh, He's overwhelmed by the workload. You talk about running tandem, this is the time to do it. This is the time to put Jack Campbell in. And they didn't do it in game six, and I think it was a mistake. And they paid the price, and Jack Campbell came in in the third period, and he was, uh, I mean, he made all the saves he had to. I don't think he gave up a a single goal in that third period. Um, And, uh, yeah, and... I think in hindsight we can see maybe maybe Jack Campbell should have should have started that game. We can start with the goaltending. Maybe I think
1: man. First of all, I did I did not know. I thought you were being you uh, you were teasing me with this whole tandem bit, you know. And I didn't think I, you actually supported this Jack Campbell bit until you know later on. Uh, I think until what during the game or after the game, I was like, oh okay, he actually he was really he was really into the bit. Okay, I think, no, during the game, during game six, you were texting me, like, uh, Campbell should have started uh, on multiple occasions uh, after Skinner let in some, you know, questionable yep. and best goals. Um, and so, yeah, on that, you know, and I think, man, it's tricky because, you know, it wasn't, at the end of the day, it wasn't just the goaltending that let them down. That's the first thing. Second of all, you know, so, like, does putting Jack Campbell in there solve the issues of Jonathan Marchessault and Jack Eichel completely caving in the Oilers and whoever they had on the ice at the same time, at, at the time? Um, I, I don't think it solves that issue, um, and I think they still would have lost, I think. And I think Jack Campbell, you know, he, they're just – I don't think there was enough of a body of work. Uh, he was just so flat out bad the entire season. And then to point to, what, like a stretch of game four where he in, against the Kings where he was good and maybe some other spot duties where he comes in for a period, I think – um, it's tough to say he would have made a big difference. I'm not saying he would have been better because uh, he wouldn't have been better because Skinner was straight up bad uh, for big portions of the series. Um, but I don't know if it would have made the difference enough to turn the tide. I think the Oilers overall were just not good enough to win the series. Mm.
0: Yeah, a bit, very interesting. Some people were comparing the difference in, uh, in discourse, comparing the Oilers to the Leafs in their respective round two disappointments. And with the Leafs, you know, there's a lot of oh, they're gonna tear it all down. They're gonna tear it all down. With the Oilers, of course, I I feel like because over the past few years, over the past however long, uh, people have been talking about how oh, it's how it's insane. The Oilers haven't been able to surround McDavid and Drysital with with the right cast of 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 talent. They should be like a cheat code every year. They should be Cup favorites of the every year because they have like the best uh, two players in the world. And then you know they kind of they go out in round two. And it's like, oh yeah, you know, sometimes that's just how it happens. There's, I find, very little frenzy, at least compared to the Leafs, about uh, about the Oilers. And you said, you know, like, the rest of their top six kind of more or less disappeared throughout the series. Their bottom six, I look at, at least on paper, there's still not much to write home about. And there are still holes on defense, notably uh, wear, wearing number five and named Cody Cece and Vincent D'Arnais <laughs> as well. You know, there's a... Uh, there's a lot on this team that is still not perfect, and but uh, well, no team is perfect. But you know what I mean. There's there's still like a lot of of work to do to get this this roster with the best two players and at uh, the point where I'd be confident picking it to win a Stanley Cup.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think really done. You know that back stretch of the season after they they got at home, they it feels it feels like they they caught lightning in a bottle. You know they had that crazy run, um, but. I don't. It, I. It didn't feel like you know. Obviously, I call him big difference maker. But yeah. Well, when we were making our predictions, I took them to go to what round three and then to lose to, to Colorado. Yeah. And I said, you know, I think the Pacific is weak, and so I'll, I'll I'll pick the Oilers. But I'm not completely buying the hype because you know, yeah, like you said, there's still work on this roster done, and yeah, it, it. I think it really came to show in the Vegas series. I think they, they kind of slowed down. You look at you know you obviously look at Dreisaitl, uh, last few games. It's just. It happens. There's ebbs and flows, and finally the 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 ebb kind of hit at the wrong time, and the roster just wasn't good enough to compensate, right? Uh, so yeah, uh, still still some big holes to fix. Um, and yeah, you look at that defense. That's that's first and foremost, I think, where the work needs to be done. I think the top six. It's tough to say whether you, you'd want to, you know, kind of revamp it. I think it's there's a lot of talent there, and I think you t- you tinker with the bottom six as much as you can, try to improve it as much as you can. I think really the, the focus heading into this off season is. is well, I mean, I don't think there's much you can do with goaltending at this point, really, with, with that commitment to Jack Campbell. Um, but I think the defense is where the work needs to be done. You, you look at, yeah, you look at C.C., you look at Dernay. Um, those are major glaring holes behind, you know, Bouchard and Ekholm there.
0: I bet they would have liked to have uh, drafted Trevor Zegris or Cole Caulfield instead of Philip Broberg. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah, ah, no well. kidding. sometimes it uh, happens. You know who's really good, though? You know who's really good? Aiden Hill. really good? Aiden Not Hill ruled. Look at game six stood on his head. Made uh how many saves did he make? He made thirty eight saves. He came into save the day, you know. Let's go all the way back to the start of the season. So Robin Leonard is gonna miss the whole year. We're like we looked at the the Vegas, you know, their goaltending they have Laurent Bressois there, got Aiden Hill there, got Logan Thompson there. We're thinking well I was thinking, all you need is one of them. All you need is one of them to to be good, you know, to rise. Uh, to rise above expectations, and you're set. And instead, we've seen all three of them rise and uh, to pass expectations at various points. It was Logan Thompson at the start for most of the regular season. He was like a 9.20 goalie for most of the year. Laurent Brossoit comes in near the end of the season, and he rules. He's extremely solid. And now at this point in the playoffs, it's Aiden Hill swooping in, being uh, in that Game Six Vegas's MVP. They've got an enviable. Goaltending situation. Oh, boy, my God, what are, what are you? What are you on? What? what Just look you at the stats. Just delve into the Jesus stats. Christ. Jesus Christ.
1: <laughs> Aiden Hill had one good game. Let's let's pump the brakes here. All right. No. Um, you want to talk about enviable? Let's you know you look at other teams. You look at Jake Ottinger out there. Aiden Hill. No matter how good he's, it's not. This is not an enviable goaltending situation. It's it's the the peak of indecision. Um, and it's it's a whole cast of Mediocre to good goalies. All right. Aiden and Hill has you know, played that... five
0: games in the playoffs, and he's a 934. That sounds enviable to me. Really? I thought he's played less. He's played five full games. Yeah. Or well, that... he's played five parts, at least parts of. You know, he's played, uh, like two full games. Oh, sorry, three full oh, games. okay. Sorry, I got was on three full games, and then three quarters of another game, and then <laughs> one third of another game. So, so there. Let's, let's let's look at this game like all right all against okay. edmonton all think, against the most high powered offense that there is
1: i this is this is a uh, this is too small a sample size i'm sorry i don't i don't i don't buy into the aiden hill hype all right so let's look at the <laughs> regular
0: season where in 27 games he okay. was a 9-15 well above league average so let's look at that all right Well,
1: why, why was he replaced then what what, what because uh, they have so better. many great I goalies so. that it's impossible yeah. to choose.
0: That's why their situation is so enviable.
1: Right. Well, why? Why did remind me? Why did Laurent Brossoit start then? What was What was the deal there? Because he's Cause he, also great. Better? Yeah, because he's great. Oh, Two great goalies. Oh come on, Jesus Christ! They're like I said. You know they have nice stretches, right? But do you trust them on a game-to-game basis? And then it's like not not really. And then now you're put in a position where if one of them falters, you got to throw in another guy in there. And maybe he won't be terrible. Sounds like but... you have trust issues. <laughs> I would have trust issues if I had the Golden Knights goalies. I trust goal Aiden enemies. Hill.
0: Okay. Well, I wouldn't. I have trust issues with Aiden the Hill. The opponent can't um, climb that hill, as they say. Okay. Oh, boy. This is the hill you're going to die on, huh? Yeah, this Aiden is the hill, hill I'm going to die on. The Aiden Hill. Okay. All right.
1: We'll see We'll see in round three, I guess. Huh? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, speaking of Vegas, I think... Man, I <laughs> I still don't buy them. I'm still a man. Me- I'm giving What is there not to buy? Oh boy. You know, they, they have good depth. I will give them you know, it seems like what's what's rolling uh with them is their depth because they were able to roll three competent lines to the oilers like one and a half. And then that, that one and a half difference a lot was like Eichel and Marshall. They completely steamrolled them. Um But I I don't trust the goaltending. That's the first thing. And, okay, you know what? They're a good team. I'll give them they're a good team. But I will not be picking them in the third round. That's, that's what I'll say. That's that's why, that's how my hater energy will be manifesting. I, <laughs> I have a feeling you'll pick the Golden Knights. I'm not sure. But uh, just be forewarned. It's not happening on this side.
0: All right. Yeah, I don't know who I want to pick. I really don't. But Vegas, <laughs> they're more than just depth. You know, Seattle was just depth. Vegas is also stars. Like Mark Stone. And especially in these playoffs, Jack Eichel. Uh, he has risen to the occasion in a big way in his first playoff. He's got, what, 14 points now in 11 games, uh, well over a, a point-a-game clip. Mark Stone's over a point-a-game as well. Marshall, you know, he's scored big goals. Barbashev, Chandler Stevenson, William Carlson, everyone's getting in on the action. Uh, and he, uh, the monster lying in wait, in my opinion, is uh, Shea Theodore. He's had some, some monster playoffs in the past. I think if he all of a sudden can become in offensive force from the back end—that's a whole new level that this team can reach.
1: Yeah, well, there's potential to be unlocked there. Shea Theodore's been pretty bad you know, up until this point, uh, from from what I can from what I can remember watching him do. Um, just just kind of clowning around a bit. Uh, but uh, you know, I it falls it feels like it falls off quick though. The talent on this team, you know, you like Eichel, superstar, Mark Stone, you know, aging great player, and then it's like, you know.
0: Who's next? Marshall. Stevenson, Carlson. I don't
1: buy it, man. I think it, that's just depth. That's, just that's depth. not, the two that, stars. those are
0: Jonathan Marshall is a first line winger. No question. Or at the very least he's played like at this entire playoff. Uh, Chandler Stevenson uh, and William Carlson are, are both, I would call them proven second line centers. I don't know what your, what your, your beef is with all the personnel on Vegas. They seem to be low on each and every one. Maybe it's, maybe it's the Western bias. Maybe that's it. You're calling me an East Coast elitist? Is that what's going on here? <laughs> I think it's an unconscious bias. I think you need to check your East Coast privilege. Okay, okay. <laughs>
1: I see. Yeah, um, definitely. Um, yeah, maybe that's maybe that's it. I'm just low on all the Vegas players. Because that's what it seems like, honestly. Um, I, I have no other explanation for it. Because I just I can't bring myself to really understand what the hell is going on. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a well-balanced roster. You know, the defense is good. The Fours are good. Um, but is it over the top? It doesn't it doesn't strike me as such. But you know what? Dallas is kind of – well, no, I think they're a bit worse than Dallas. So, you know, the, yeah, it's tough. I really – man, my 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 take on the Golden Knights has, has become this amorphous hater energy, um, and I can't <laughs> even really explain it anymore. I don't know. Like you said, I'm just kind of low on all these players. I don't really buy William Carlson as a – as a bona fide top-six center. Oh, uh, I think well, Chandler on the Stevenson third line is though, okay. Anyway. Yeah, that's fine. I think that's fine as a role for him. And I think I think Chandler Stevenson is, uh, is a product of his line mates. So, you know, that's where I stand on these players. Um, I do buy into Jack Eichel, though. I will give them Jack Eichel. I don't buy the goaltending.
0: All right. Well, let's move on now, I guess, since we clearly don't see eye-to-eye eye on this topic. Uh, Dallas nope. and Seattle. Um, now we you were very you were so convinced Dallas was about to beat Seattle in six that you forgot <laughs> you forgot that it hadn't happened yet. Um, and so Seattle of course, comes out uh, wins game six in emphatic fashion to force a game seven. So I was never I was like Seattle, Colorado going through that game seven. I was thinking like, wow, Colorado, their bottom six. that was like really bad. I think Seattle has a real shot if they're not even the favorite. Even though in this series, going into Game 7, Seattle-Dallas, I had really extreme confidence that Dallas was going to come out with a win. I thought, you know, they were the better team. um, And they, you know, that's pretty much it, honestly. I thought Dallas, like the roster so much better than Seattle. I was like, yeah, yeah, things will balance yeah. out this Game 7. Dallas is going to win. Uh, and that is indeed what happened. Uh, a 2-1 victory. Uh, I thought Dallas, even though they did give up that late goal to bring it from 2 nothing into 2-1, in, they were generally so good at swarming yeah. the Kraken who were trying to attack, trying to gain possession. Uh, Seattle's one goal they didn't did end up getting off the face off was like a bit of a surprise that they managed to get one because they had very little sustained pressure, including near the end of the game with the goalie out. Uh, and there was a bit of a scare with like four seconds left. Uh, they had, you know, uh, I think Vince Dunn took a shot from the point. Jordan Eberle kind of had a, a fleeting... Low, low percentage chance to get a stick on it didn't happen, and Dallas gets the win, moves on to to round three. Just like I said, they would.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I was nervous for this game, just because if they, you know, if they had lost, I would have gone zero for four. That would have been, you know, very, very <laughs> embarrassing. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm glad it worked out. But yeah, no, the stars through, you know, overall throughout the series, it really did feel like they were the better team. Um, they came to play and. Yeah, that game seven was kind of uh, everything I, I could have possibly wished. As as someone who picked the stars, you know they were just they're just buzzing, they were just out chancing at every corner. Uh, and you know after the first two periods, the first two periods were just all the stars, all stars. And like you know the Kraken had some had some fight back in the third period, but it just didn't feel like enough. And uh, yeah, they it, like it didn't even feel like they leaned too much on Andrew in that game seven. He made some yeah. nice saves, he was really good. Um, but no, they were they, like I said, they were just really kind of swarming and, and suppressing those Kraken chances. Um, which you know, given the Kraken's depth, pretty challenging to do, but they, they managed to do it. I think that's uh, very impressive. I think the the stat we saw coming out of this game is what well, Peter DeBoer is now like seven and zero in Game Sevens, um, so the the opposite of Bruce Boudreau. Um, and uh, you know, I, I'll, I'm not I'm generally not the highest on Peter DeBoer. I think you know I think he's okay as a coach, but clearly he's got something working here. Um, when you go seven and zero, that's that's beyond a fluke at that point.
0: Yeah, Pete DeBoer, the other thing with Pete DeBoer, people are pointing out, uh, he has a very strong tendency all throughout his career. In his first year with the new team, he takes them on a, on a deep playoff run. First year with the Devils, uh, 2012 they go to the finals. With the Sharks in 2016, uh, with uh, the Golden Knights in, I think, 2020, uh, they made it to the conference finals. And now Dallas has made it at least to the conference finals with Pete DeBoer, first season behind the bench. Uh, I was particularly happy Wyatt Johnston. Got that goal. That was a very nice goal too. You know, the backhander right over, uh, right over Grubauer's shoulder. Um, there was one underrated storyline, so underrated that I came up with it myself and realized it myself, and I don't think <laughs> anyone talked about it. Um, what is it? Remember, uh, in the Seattle expansion draft, Chicago. No, uh, Seattle could have taken from Chicago Max Domi and decided not to yes. and go with yep. pending UFA John Quenville instead who went off to Switzerland mm-hmm. immediately if Seattle had taken yes. Max Domi you wouldn't be on the Dallas Stars right now who knows you know maybe does that make the yeah. difference Max Domi you know I think he you know scored some goals got some points was a factor for sure in this series against the Kraken is uh is Ron Francis kicking himself right now letting Max Domi slip away only to have him come back and bite them in the butt in their first ever playoff.
1: Well, I think there were so many of those mistakes back in the expansion draft. Well, I don't know about so many, but there were a good handful of uh, you know, like your was it Carson Torinsky, your Gavin Bayruthers, um, and you got to be thinking uh, if you're the Kraken right now, given how successful it was uh, this year, it's like uh, what if what if we had uh, not clowned around, maybe made some side deals, maybe had some more assets, be able to either add at the deadline or just have better players on the team. Um, I think it's a it's a it's a legitimate question, but it's fun to. Uh, to kind of draw those direct lines with with Max with Max Domi in this case,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. With, with Seattle, um, you moving forward, I think they're in pretty good shape. I think if Philip Grubauer manages to maintain his level of play that he had in the in the playoffs uh, over the course of this contract, then they become in excellent shape moving forward. Uh, and you know everyone's praising their depth. They come at you in waves. They have like four great lines and all that. Um, and I think, obviously, you know, there's great merit to depth, as was proven here. But I found, you know, when it's the end of a game and you're down by a goal or two, it th- certainly does help to have some some stars, some go-to guys that you go to. You know, you can really rely on to get the job done, like Colorado has in McKinnon, Ranson and McCarr, that type of thing. Because Seattle, you know, uh, when it's time to go, with, go balls to the wall with our top guns, you know, their top guns are they they pale in comparison to many other top guns. So I think in general their hope is that Maddie Beneers and Shane Wright, uh, and maybe even Jagger Furcus can, can grow into those uh that type of, of game breaking player and they should be set up pretty well moving forward.
1: Right. Yeah, no, the, it is the uh it's it's that big learning flaw, right? It's that lack of top end talent in the forward, um or just in general, um, that you're you know, you, you kinda wish yeah they they had that they had that tool to pull out pull out. Um but yeah, it's the, really the goaltending that gives you pause. I think you know to say, "Oh, if if can keep this up for what the next like five years?" Four. <laughs> that's uh, four. Yeah, no, it's 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 a big ask. They should given, trade him in uh, the summer. Bad for like two years, honestly. If you can, probably no takers. Um, but not worth. It, it's worth. There's no. Uh, there's no pain in asking. Uh, around yeah. to see if anyone, anyone any takers. Um, because I'll tell you, I, I know. That's really,
0: I know exactly yeah. who would be a taker for Philip Grubauer. Pete Pietrangelo of the papers? Pittsburgh Penguins. Okay,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Just let Jerry walk and uh, and bring in Grubauer. All your problems are solved. <laughs> um, so this 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 begins the the chain of events that we require Peter Shirelli to to acquire the job. Um, to, to have this timeline to come to existence. I, I I'm all for it. Um, but yeah, I think you know they're still also locked into like Chris Kreider's contract too, right? So they're like eight nine million dollars. Uh
0: already sunk into the goaltending position. Um, is Dreacher not... So kinda, uh, is he still... Oh, yeah, he's he's still under contract. Yeah, so, like, they signed him to a big contract,
1: right? Uh, once. Yeah, it was like a three-year
0: deal, I think, so there's one more left. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Um. So, yeah, but, yeah, that seems to be the glaring issue. I think, you know, the top-end talent, there's only so much you can do. Um. I guess, you know, it, the trades don't really ever manifest themselves. It's kind of drafting and developing, so it's hoping that you know, Baneers can take that step. Shane Wright can take that step. Um, but in terms of what you can really kind of fix, I think, uh, you know, it's that, it's that goaltending. Yeah, I don't even know if you can fix it, but it's what gives you pause. You know, it's, it's the most fixable of the problems, it seems.
0: Yeah, Dallas, uh, on their side of things, very interesting and fun example of a, of a rare team that as definitely, I don't think anyone could argue at this point, they're a, they've become a Stanley Cup contender, and they've done so without ever bottoming out. Uh, they're You know, Miro Hayskinen, they jumped up in the lottery, uh, I think, five spots or so to get him. Obviously, you know, Cornerstone piece, played over half an hour in Game 7. They got Jake Ottinger, late first round. Uh, they got Rupe Hintz and Jason Robertson. Those are both second-round picks. Wyatt Johnston, a late first-rounder. Jamie Bennett, of course, was a fifth-round pick back in the day. Tyler Sagan, you know, acquired by trade. Joe Pavelski, Ryan Suter in free agency. Esa Lindell was like a third-round pick. Um so you know, they managed to find superstars, uh, save Haskinen, in the parts of the draft where superstars are much harder to come by.
1: Yeah. So credit to Jim Nil. Um uh, this is uh this is quite the roster he's built. I think not you know, he, he's been able to kind of work with, you know, the what was he he was pre Sagan and pre Ben, right? You'd have to imagine. I think um, I think
0: Jim Neal was like hired, and like his first move was acquiring Tyler Sagan. I don't if I'm remembering that correctly. No, okay. but um,
1: but uh, yeah, like they they've kind of aged out. You know, they're they're in the twilight of the careers more or less. Uh, and he's really been able to to, to build out a – like the, the the talent evaluation um on from that Dallas scouting staff is uh remarkable. Um, whether it's the, the scouting staff and then also the, the development that comes afterwards um yeah you know like first late first second round picks I think uh yeah it's a testament to uh like a great organizational philosophy or, or talent in terms of recruiting and finding that talent and, and kind of developing it um uh, because yeah i mean you really don't us uh, i don't you only really see this out of the best teams um like the ability to constantly churn talent uh from yeah late first second round picks um because you're not bottoming out. I think, uh, yeah, good for Dallas. Seems they figured it out, and it's not an organization where we've really seen uh, any sort of dysfunction kind of come out in the public. Um, and I think that's yeah, it seems like a real healthy organization that that produced sustainable results
0: as a result. yeah, sustain. Well, depends how you look. Is sustainable because they're very, you know, they're kind of they're up and down in that. You know, one year, like, oh, we made the finals. Oh, we missed the playoffs. So we. We're a wild card team. And lost in round one. Oh, we might you know make the finals again. Um, there's a bit of a, an ebb and flow going on there, but I mean, it's I feel like at this point with the even last summer we really praised their prospect pools, I'm not just Wyatt Johnson, but uh, Maverick Bork as well, Logan Stankoven, um, that they seem to be set up well for for success in the long term. And the, their key pieces are all pretty young, you know, 26 or under for the most part. Uh, so and and Jason Robertson in these playoffs is kind of you know probably the biggest monster and weight. he had tons of great scoring chances in game 7. I think he's kind of a snake bitten right now. So if he uh if he can fu- get on a, a bit of a hot streak in the conference finals obviously that that skews things in Dallas's favor.
1: Yeah, no, it's not a, it's not a situation where everything's clicking so far in Dallas. Um and cuz yeah, they they still have the potential to unlock and I think that just makes them all the more dangerous, right? Because we've seen teams where everyone's clicking, even like, you know, Boston's a whole nother mm-hmm. level. But like, you know, teams where, yeah, every, everyone's really having a career year or having career stretches and everyone's kind of hot and then it cools down real quick. Uh, but here it's, uh, they're not completely firing all cylinders necessarily. Um, I think a lot of them are, but yeah, you, you still have that potential to grow. So when if you do see regression downwards from certain aspects, from certain players, I think that, you know, Robertson, he, he's he's uh, destined for some upward regression given his talent
0: level. Yeah. So, we have Dallas v. Vegas going into round three. They, of course, played in the conference finals in 2020. Vegas was the favorite, and they lost. Dallas, the underdog, won, then went on to lose to Tampa Bay in the in the finals. They meet again now. Uh, I think this is... It's very hard to decipher if there is a favorite. I, surprise, surprise. I haven't personally looked at the betting lines. Um, so I I don't know what those are saying, um, but and then if we if we look at the uh the league standings, Vegas does have home ice, only a three point edge on Dallas, though, practically nothing. These teams truly are about as good as each other. They're both uh practically all healthy. Who do you got? Who who do you think has the edge?
1: Oh, I think, you you know, skater wise, uh, you know, I think the forwards are. Relatively evenly matched, I think. I honestly maybe prefer Dallas's forward group. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm low on the other on, on a lot of the the secondary guys on Vegas. So you know, I prefer you know that that whole like that you know Hints and Pavelski and Robertson. Obviously, I think that trio beats Eichelstone, uh, Eichel Stone, and whoever the fuck you want to put at third uh, <laughs> on that forward core. And then uh, you know, defensively, I think Dallas. Vegas, it's a wash. You know, I think Vegas probably has the better personnel, but Dallas also like plays a really strong system defensively. Um, and uh, then we get to the goaltending, uh, the lovely goaltending. Uh, Jake Ottinger, superstar, plays like a superstar. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, even game six where he got pulled, was it really his fault or were the stars completely dog shit in front of him? Um, I tend to think it's the latter, and I think he's uh, he's great. I think he'll be great in this series. Uh, do I trust Aiden Hill? Absolutely fucking not. Um, well, not that I think he's terrible, but I don't think he's nearly as good as Andre. I think the edge is big, and I give it to Dallas. So Dallas, and uh, I think it is relatively even a match, though. So I'll, I'll say seven games, but I'm confident in Dallas in seven.
0: You know, I, I picked Dallas to go all the way to the finals. So sure. it would be, it'd be hard for me to go back against that now. Not that they're here, not that they're here in round three. Um, you know, it would be hard for me to go back against that. I will say again, though. You are definitely underselling Vegas. You're definitely underestimating Aiden Hill, um, because you know even Jake Onger, you know, everyone's raving about his Game Seven performance, rightfully so. That series against Seattle, short, you know, he was pulled in Game Six. He was he was on and off in this series. The games that he lost, uh, that Dallas lost, Jake Onger was was not at the top of his game. I think in the across the playoffs, he's a, a 908, which is you know, not so great. He's been a little up and down. You know, when he's on. Which I would say about half the games he's, you know, turns into a, a brick wall. Dallas is probably winning those games. The real question is how often is that is that going to happen uh, against Vegas? And you know, people oftentimes talk about how goaltending is is voodoo or whatever. I think what that often means is that there isn't as big of a gap between good goalies and average goalies as many people often like to think. And I think that's kind of what we have here with Ottinger and Aiden Hill. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, That's a crime. And uh, no, it's not a crime. Oh, come on. There's not as big of a gap as we think there is. Uh, you know, you, you look at the personnel, you look at the systems, the coaching, all that. They are so neck and neck throughout the entire roster. Um, I, I think if any series was going to go seven, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to to say that this one won't. Obviously, you know, sometimes it happens that close series don't go. They go six games and, like, five of the games go to overtime, something like that. You know what I mean. Uh, But these teams are as good uh, as each other as you can get. But the tie will go to the team I already picked, which is Dallas. So I'm picking Dallas in seven, just like you. Um, But, you know, if Vegas does win and goes to the final... Uh, I, I wouldn't be mad about it. I wouldn't be mad at all. Okay. Some of you some, right. some of you know, I, I used to be a bit of a, a Vegas fan back in the day when they came into the league. even Before they were good, Ty Save can vouch for me. Even before the expansion draft, I was like, you know what, I'm going to be a Vegas fan. I'm going to cheer for the Golden Knights. And I did. They made it all the way to the finals, and it felt good. Then, you know, time goes on, and you kind of just, you know, you you lose your, your love for it a little bit. Vegas, when I saw them uh, beat the Oilers, when I saw Aiden Hill be rock solid in Game 6, I felt it again. I felt it again a little bit. Um, so, you know, if Vegas wins, if Mark Stone lifts the cup, then Jack Eichel gets to, you know, hold it up high after his, you know, successful surgery that Vegas let him get. Uh, and then, you know, five years after their entry into the league, in their sixth season, if this, this is how long it takes for the this new team to become champions, then uh, they'll be satisfied. You
1: know, I'm kind of the opposite. Because, you know, day one, was not a fan of the Golden Knights, uh, and you know, big hater energy there. From I think, I think the first couple of years I was really, really against the whole bit. Maybe even three years. Uh, but the last couple of years, I stopped giving a shit about the Golden Knights more or less. You know, I think, you know, the, the, their 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 continued futility was a thing I liked to point and maybe have a giggle at. Uh, but I wasn't, I wasn't actively cheering for their failure. Uh, but you know, this this playoffs this playoffs have come uh, kind of kind of. Turned me back onto that hate, that hater energy. Uh, I did not like uh, watching them take out my uh, my round two pick at the Oilers. I was, that was not nice. And also, they're they're kind of mystifying. Like I said, I'm low on a lot of their players. So you know, this year more than ever, more than you know, the last, maybe not more than ever. I think I was I was really really on that hater energy the first year, first couple of years there around. But more than the last couple of years, certainly, I uh, I found my dislike for them um, growing. More and more, and who did they play in that first round again? I don't remember. My
0: God, Winnipeg.
1: Winnipeg. Okay, yeah, that wasn't so bad. It was really this Oilers series. I was like, man, stop being so fucking annoying. Just lose already. Um, and yeah, I'm back on it. Just they, 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 they kind of ruined my bracket, or at least the very last vestiges of my bracket. Uh, that could have scored me points, and I resent them for that. So there you have it.
0: Yeah, well, um, this year I'm looking forward to this series a lot. Oh, sorry, my my throat's a little. Ugh. Let me uh, cough for a second. <coughs> all right, all better. I hope. You know, going into these final four, it's a very weird final four. Not just because they're all teams where it's hot in this in the winter or whatever everyone's complaining about. Down in, I think Ken Campbell's like Vegas is the northernmost team left in the final four. Who cares? But yeah, yeah, it literally gives a shit. But anyway, in terms of who might win the Stanley Cup. As long as it's not Florida, I'll be okay. I'll be satisfied. You know, if the Hurricanes win, with this you know great Brindamore team fighting through their injuries, and you know Brent Burns there as well, I'll be happy. If Dallas wins, I'll be happy. If Vegas wins, I'll be happy. If Florida wins, we're gonna be exposed to a summer some of the most mind-numbing takes we've ever seen. I mean, it's even it's starting already. Down goes Brown, <laughs> who I I love his writing, um, but I think he was a little off the mark with his most recent article where he said the Panthers are the blueprint for the Leafs, who, you know, great regular season, then got embarrassed in round two of the playoffs, made a big change to their culture, massive change to their team, traded out core pieces, bringing Matthew Kachuk, and look, it's worked for them. But I, did it really work for them, or are they getting lucky? Did Dropping from President's Trophy to barely scraped into the last wild card spot and beat the Bruins arguably with, with much luck on their side. Is this actually what the Leafs should be trying to replicate? And I I would say, no, I don't think any team should be trying to be like the Florida Panthers who got into the playoffs by the skin of their teeth, um, lucked into a round two appearance, uh, and uh, now are in round three and everyone's... You know, I think when a team is already getting a crown placed on their head and all they've done is make it to round three, that's probably not such a great team. You know, I feel like a good team, you wait for them to win the Stanley Cup before saying, oh, this is the blueprint, this is who we should be trying to replicate.
1: One hundred percent. You're on the mark, and people need to cut the shit with the with the, with the retrospective praise of the Florida Panthers, because you fucking know that these same people, all right, yeah, what, uh, maybe let's let's say game, you're they're watching game five with two seconds left, and Brad Marchand's on a breakaway, all right, tie game. These people are thinking completely opposite. You know, this underwhelming Florida Panthers team that was here to become cannon fodder and was going to be eaten alive by the much better Boston Bruins because they had a shit regular season because this team wasn't very good and not coached very well the entire season. And all of a sudden, you know, three weeks go by, they play, they play a team that, you know, underwhelmed greatly in the Maple Leafs. Um, and, you know, they, they won three straight against the Bruins. You know, it's it's like it's we, we've completely switched. We were, what are we, ignoring the first uh, 86 games of their season? Huh? What's going on here? Um, and it's not like they're doing anything radically different either. Um, they're just kind of the same whole hum team, kind of very, very, very mediocre. And yes, their aggressive four check has worked, but I feel like it's—it's it's not the model of success that people are pointing it out to be. And uh, to 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 continue to forget what people were thinking three weeks ago uh, and this kind of retrospective analysis and you know the crowning of the Florida Panthers, I think is insane. Uh, and uh, I just don't understand it. It's just, well, I understand why people are doing it, but it's like, come on, people, come on, come on, cut it, cut it out. Um, everybody was, was dogging on these Panthers. Hell, look, three months ago, they were in a lottery position. We're like, oh my God, are the Habs going to have the first and second overall picks? You know? Um, and, uh, yeah, nothing has fundamentally really changed aside from them winning a handful of games. And like, congratulations, but the team still isn't very good. Paul Maurice is not a good coach. Uh, and you know, yeah, it would. And on that note, uh, I would, uh, like Carolina to win. I would like Dallas to win if Vegas or, uh. Florida win, I would, I would be quite upset. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's where I stand on these things.
0: Yeah, so I think we we've, we've both predicted a Dallas-Carolina Stanley Cup final.
1: Yeah, and I think with the return of, you know, Tara Biden coming back soon, apparently, his, his like, broken hand has healed up nicely, apparently, in the last, like, four weeks. Even, I feel all the uh, utmost confidence uh, in the Carolina pick in particular.
0: That's never come back to bite you before, so... Should, nope, should be, never. yeah. All right, well, you know, speaking of the Florida Panthers, everyone's least favorite team left in the playoffs, that's who we picked for Guess Who. It's been a while since we've done a Guess Who. Um, The last time we did it was April 1st, uh, and we tied. It was Calgary. So, so far in this new round, I've got two wins, and you've got zero, and we've tied four times. That That's where things stand. Um, oh, boy. I, I, and maybe I today think. you're going to – lose again
1: huh, you never know all all signs seem to be pointing yes yeah
0: so 25 players as per usual uh including Sergey Bobrovsky Alex Lyon and Spencer Knight even though he's on leave uh Ekblad Montour Forsling Gudis Mark Stahl Josh Mahura Casey Fitzgerald Lucas Carlson are the defensemen and uh Matthew Kachuk Barkov, Verhegi, Bennett, Reinhardt, Duclair, Lundell, Cousins, Lostarinen, Eric Stahl, White, Dalpy, Lomberg, and Giovanni Smith are the forwards. All
1: right. I've randomized. I'm ready to roll.
0: All right. I have not I, yet. I need to win this one. I have not randomized yet, it's but I'm about to in a moment. Wandering like a fish. All right. I've done it. I've got my player. Uh, So I'm going to mute my incoming audio in three, two, one.
1: Nick Cousins.
0: And I'm back.
1: All right, I'm muting in uh, 3, 2, one.
0: My player is Josh Mahura. All right, I'm back. All right, so you've got Let's home guest advantage because I am the most recent winner. So I'm going to start. And only winner. Yeah, only okay, one. On. Uh, why don't I do a numbers question? Why don't I ask... Uh, is your player's number 18 or less
1: all uh, right my player's number is not 18 or less ah oh. so sorry to disappoint there. it's okay okay um hmm you know i need a win i'm gonna i'm gonna go and try to split this even bigger than usual. Oh, he's desperate. Was your he's player desperate. drafted in in the first two rounds? No. Okay, you know that I got lucky.
0: You got lucky. We're rolling. Uh, yeah, it's good for me. I am gonna ask. Down to eleven. Uh, was your player drafted in the top fifty-five?
1: Uh, my player was not drafted in the
0: top fifty-five. Uh Oh that sucks. Oh why did I do fifty five instead of seventy? Oh well. I've i got eight players oh. left now. This is terrible. Oh boy, I've got eleven. This, this is
1: bad bad news. We're on track. We are we are rolling. Um okay, you know what? Let's just Hmm. Okay. No. You know, I'm gonna find a better split than this. Maybe I'll go by last name. We'll get good last name question. Uh yeah, that works out. Um, okay. It does your is does your player's last name begin with the letter F or earlier in the alphabet? No.
0: No. Okay. We're down to five. Is your player twenty six or younger?
1: Okay. Uh, my player is not twenty six oh, or
0: younger. Oh, no, I'm down to five too, and I've done the one more turn. <laughs>
1: oh boy this is great um i better i better win this i better win this outright or this is going to be the most embarrassing choke of all time um hmm okay yeah i have a goal in the mix does your player's uh first name begin with the letter r no okay all right so i'm down to three unfortunately that only cut two people the radcos and the ryan's
0: okay so you're down to three i'm down to five all right, let's see. let's see what I can do here. Oh, here's a good one. Was your player drafted?
1: Oh, end of question. Yes, end of question. Uh, <laughs> my player uh, was drafted. Down to
0: two. Down to two, baby. Oh, okay. Um, I had Somehow I had all three two. undrafted players left in that final five. Wow. Wait, so if I get this, I win. Yes, right? that is correct.
1: Okay, so I'm down to three. Uh, I have Alex Lyon, noted goalie. Nice to see you there. I have Josh Mahura, defenseman, and Carter Verheyge, forward. Uh, this is this is lovely. Um, not taking the goalie over my dead fucking body. Uh, we have uh, so you know is a forward, which we like here, um, on this side of things. But he's also kind of a star, and you know Josh Mahura is a bum. Um, so with with that logic in mind, uh, is your player? Josh Mahura.
0: Yeah. Oh, let's go. My last two, I had last. I had Carter Verhage and Nick Cousins. I was gonna ask if your player's Nick Cousins.
1: It is indeed uh, Nicholas Cousins. I just
0: missed out so, on. All right, well, I'm in the hole. Yeah, I mean a hole, I guess yep. you would say.
1: Feels good. Feels good. Um, I
0: have not had many leads. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I have randomized. Right. I'm about to do the very same thing. Bada bing, bada boom. Got my player. I'm going to mute my incoming audio in 3, 2, 1. Radco And I'm back.
1: Alright, I'm muting in 3, 2,
0: 1. My player is Spencer Knight. Alright, I'm back. Everything yep. good? ask your question.
1: Okay. Let's see. Where should we go? Let's go draft year. I feel like that'll maybe yield something interesting. Um, Yeah, sure. Was your player drafted in 2014 or earlier?
0: No. Okay. Uh, hmm. I'm looking at, Tyson and I were talking before, what insanely eclectic a mix of, of uh, what teams, players were drafted by. There are only four Florida Panthers draft picks on this entire list. Uh, and that includes Spencer Knight, who's not even like technically on the roster right now. As it's only Barkov, Ekblad, and Lundell. And there are two from Anaheim, two from Buffalo, two from Calgary, three from Carolina, two from the Rangers. There's A lot of them are in, in couplets like that. But at this point, uh, none of them seem to be well-suited to uh, to a question. So I'm going to sort elsewhere. Maybe I'll sort by nationality. Your favorite. This, this looks like uh, th- this will do. Uh, is your player Canadian my player is not Canadian let's go what a question down to 12 terrible tragic travesty um all right
1: let's let's, let's cut this down um a nice amount hopefully uh, I think draft round is the way to go now uh, I agree. Was your player uh, drafted in the first two rounds? Yes. Okay. Nice. Down to six.
0: All right. Is your player a forward? Uh, my player is not a forward. Mm, okay. I'm down to seven.
1: Mm, great news. Is it, is it good Lovely. news for
0: you? We'll see. I don't know. You really don't. I'm just,
1: I'm just saying things. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, okay. Hmm. This is an interesting split, I'll say. Uh, maybe I'll go with last name. Last name seems good. All right. Um, is your is your player's uh, last name begin with L or earlier in the alphabet?
0: Yes. Okay. How many do you have left? All right. Three. All right. The interesting thing about my uh, final seven. That three of them are goalies. Okay, yeah. so you know what? That's interesting. It sure is. It sure is interesting. So I've got to really, I've got to put some thought into this. Figure out how to, how to sort. Here's what I'll do. Uh, does your players, uh, zero players first name, start with L or later in the alphabet? Yes. All right, down to four with two goalies.
1: Okay, that's interesting. Um, I have one goalie. It's uh, Spencer Knight. And then I have uh, Anton Lundell and Etu Um I will be going, you know, these, this is tough. Uh, two okay forwards, one better than the other, uh, and uh, kind of hard to discern. But I'll go with that. Uh, I'll go with the non-Florida draft pick. I have two. I have the 12th and 13th overall Florida draft picks in consecutive years here. I'll go with uh, the Carolina guy. Is there a player E2 Lestarnin? No. That's travesty. Mm-hmm. God damn it. All
0: right, <sighs> take a pick. Oh, yeah. This is tough. All right, so I got four. Uh, well, I do have I do have home guest advantage as well. So if I tie this one, I could still tie outright. But do I wanna do I wanna get selfish? Do I wanna go for the win? I think the answer is of course, yes. So I've got I got Spencer Knight, Sergei Bobrovsky, and I've got Radko Gudis and Lucas Carlson. Is your player Radko Gudis?
1: Oh fuck. Oh off. I got it? What the hell? Hey, and
0: yeah. let's go. Right. That's terrible. That's a come on how do you not how
1: do you not take
0: Lucas Carlson? Because he's huh? not He's not. He hasn't played all playoff. He's not relevant at all.
1: Ah, oh, who did you have? Huh? I have Anton Lindahl. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's Spencer Knight. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. and I knew. You know what? I can. I can. Yeah.
0: I knew that if I decided to narrow my four down to two, that you would probably think, oh. So, why wouldn't he guess one desperately knowing that I'm gonna pick Anton Lundell? It must be because he doesn't care if I pick Anton Lundell because he has Spencer Knight.
1: That's uh that's that's a bit too convoluted. Uh if
0: you had asked for two, I would
1: have just gone for Lundell. Are you kidding me? Really? I'm like I'm like Galaxy Brady into myself into picking imagine, a goalie. I I'm would imagine, be though, like
0: that. I'm imagining though, I have two players left, um, and one of them is yours, and one of them's a goalie. And at this point i'm thinking oh i'm going to take the not goalie and the other player probably knows that and if you have the the not goalie then you're going to have you're going to be desperate and you're going to just pick someone right away um, as i feel like the fact that i picked gudis even if i was wrong makes it much more likely that you pick anton lundell
1: <laughs> i think you you you're greatly incorrect in this There was not a chance in hell um, I was going to pick.
0: Spencer I think Knight that would have been stupid of you. I think, off. I think, if I was in your shoes, okay. if we were swap roles, yeah. and you rather than guessing a player narrowed it down from four to two, I would have thought, oh, that's probably because he's not scared of me picking, uh, Anton Ludell. So he probably has Spencer Knight.
1: All right. Well, you know what? Maybe that's why you're winning two to nothing right Maybe. now. Maybe huh? this, this, this superior play. But uh, yeah. Just for the record. See, but now maybe I'll use that piece of information to bait you into picking the goalie. You know,
0: maybe. Go for it.
1: It's all about the meta gaming. But uh, you know, that was a uh, fuck, man. I thought I had it. All I needed was uh, a couple ties, and I would have been home free. <laughs> yep. But uh, now we're 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 back. <laughs> back <laughs> to dead even. I hate back it, to here, man. Right. The- right.
0: Last <laughs> round. Oh, here God. we go. That lasted all of five fucking minutes. Okay. I got my player. Yeah, me too. All right, muting in 3-2-1. Brandon Montour. And I'm back. All right, I'm muting in 3-2-1. My player is Giovanni Smith.
1: All right. All right, good. Okay. Y- you may begin. I need to win here. I need to I, yeah, win. you do. Yes, you sure do. All
0: oh right. God. T-t- oh, God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't I sort by draft spot? <laughs> Always a fun one. Uh, was your player drafted in the top forty-five? No. Okay. Goodbye to the top forty-fives. Right. And goodbye to every single Panthers draft pick on the team.
1: Man, I gotta, I gotta figure out a strategy here. Do I want to like swing for the fences, or, you know, putt, putt, putt. Into a, into a tie or maybe a win who knows um wow what a, what a loser mentality I'm, I'm I'm adopting here this is this is odyssey quite tragic yeah, so all saying- right uh <laughs> man oh there are okay see no the one. thing is i'm not I'm to try
0: yeah i if i were really smart i could tell i could maybe start to have an idea of who your player is based on your strategy since your strategy might reflect how likely you think it is that I can guess your player
1: you can you can go ahead and do all these things <laughs> and pick up on my subconscious biases um that that'll I'm just not make even me saying subconscious more. i Why? feel like
0: there's a I feel like who your player is probably comes into play on how bold or timid you are regarding your Jesus Christ you know
1: Maybe I just need to shut the fuck up, huh? This is... I'm not saying you
0: specifically, like me and like me too. Everyone, whoever your player yeah, is, that yeah. should inform how you guess, how you how you play the game. I, I guess so.
1: I guess so. That's that's a good point. Okay, I will I will begin my incredibly deep analysis of every single fucking get question you <laughs> good, ask. let do it.
0: Um, okay,
1: all right. I'm going to I'm going to adopt a certain strategy. It's going to be very interesting. Um, is your player's number eighteen or less?
0: My player's number is not eighteen or less. Ah, oh, fuck off! That's... All right, Um <laughs> <that> was... <laughs> All yeah. right, yeah. Mm. Was your, uh, was your player drafted by, uh, wait, one, two, one second. let me count something. One, two, three, four. Was your player, uh, drafted by a team who is either in the Western Conference or in Canada or both?
1: Uh, Okay. Western Conference, Canada, or both?
0: Yeah. Oh, let's go. That means goodbye to our Buffalo draft pick, goodbye to our Detroit draft pick, and our Rangers and Flyers and Tampa draft pick. And all our undrafted players, which means we are now down to five players. Five players. What are you doing? I just doing? went from twelve to five.
1: Oh God! All right. Yeah, I'm a fourteen right now. So <laughs> this is this is not working out as, <laughs> as well as I'd hoped. It's not a I'm it's not honest. a good five, but it's five. You know, this is this is this is interesting. Um. Man, I guess I just gotta keep chipping at it. Uh, so boring. We'll go. We'll go. Uh, you know, maybe we'll do we'll do six eight split. How's that, huh? I don't know. You like that? Why are you asking me? Okay. Because uh, I need guidance from anybody at this point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, is your player's number thirty
0: two or less? No. Oh, that's good. That's great. Leaves you with six. Uh, all right. Man. Um but like, was your player uh the, the pick that they were drafted with is that number divisible by five? Uh yes. Alright, well I'm down to three.
1: Okay. I have home guess advantage. This is great. This is I get to sit here and think. Um ooh. okay, because I have I have a, I have an eclectic bunch. As they say, Um, let me, let me, let me mix it up with a variety of mixes. Um, Maybe first name. Okay. That's, that seems acceptable. All right. Uh, Is your player's first name Giovanni or earlier in the alphabet? Yes. Okay. Great, great news. Down to three.
0: All right. My final three. Interesting. We got Lucas Carlson, who came up last round, because you were asking me why I didn't pick him. We got Josh Mahura, who was my player in round one, and we've got the player who I don't think has been mentioned uh, a single time yet, Brandon Montour. Is there a player, Brandon Montour? Oh, Jesus Christ! Yeah. Woo! I'm on a roll with my guesses. What's happened to me? I'm a whole new person. This is this is this is bizarre.
1: But the, the bright side of
0: things. Is that I feel as though
1: it makes my guessing life simpler. Because I had Alex Lyon. I also have Brandon Mortor on my final three. And I have Giovanni Smith. You know, one one of these things is not like the other. Um is your player Giovanni Smith?
0: Yes, my player is Giovanni Smith. Oh. <laughs> what a fucking relief. <laughs> if I had lost two in a row <laughs> yeah. I would have been upset. Uh, I would've been I would have
1: been uh just please.
0: I'm putting it in okay. the note right now. May sixteenth. Florida, another tie. Look at us go.
1: <laughs> Jesus. All maybe right. we
0: really are that evenly matched. Well, there you have it. No, we're not. You're winning. What are you talking about? What do you mean? Well, 5 let's put it this way. Five of our last six have been ties. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Maybe, maybe this format is amenable to ties. I don't know. But I don't what know about it was. is amenable? To, because I think we just had... Uh, a win, a loss, and a tie. You know. So that's not. It doesn't feel like it's more likely any one particular game ends in a tie, or that things necessarily even Yeah, you. right. Yeah, we're just we're just equally good at this game. Must be
1: with you having a slight edge. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, at least in the last what seven, eight
0: games. Uh, well, this new massive round two that will last several years. Uh. I opened it with a win. Then it was tie, 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 win, tie, tie. That's what we have right now.
1: Oh, so seven games. I need to get it back, man. I, th- I really thought I was, because I had that lead, and then I choked it away, like an absolute clown. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: who's your, who's your second round player Spencer again? Knight.
1: Oh, that's right. Okay, so that you know what that one was a, a matter of circumstance. Um, well, I, I didn't even. Says, escaping all I didn't even give you a chance um,
0: to guess Anton Lundell instead of Spencer Knight.
1: So you just you just outplayed me, outmaneuvered bamboozled. Yep. Ah, must be nice. All right. So there's our episode. Yep. Um ending on a very tied note. Um <laughs> any anything else you want to add in, tied add note like we that call it,
0: starts in one bar and ends in the other. Exactly.
1: Perfect musical reference, Thank completely you. relevant. Yeah. Well, that, you said um, it not me. And yeah
0: that's right I hit a home run um, <laughs> yeah anything else you want to mention uh, I guess I'll mention that from Friday to Monday I'm going to be in Toronto so we're not going to record this weekend uh, All right. so we might actually have another midweek episode might turn out that way
1: so, yeah, we might be hearing that same intro again if we remember that it's a bit that we've decided to begin today
0: yep we shall see thanks for listening to Fusion and Hockey Podcast see ya in the middle of the conference finals, probably, uh, where Aiden Hill will presumably continue to rock it by the end.